God is good all the time. Man. <clears throat> so, this year, um, as we brought vision, and I told you that this year and this decade, 2020 is the beginning of a new decade. <clears throat> and we'll, in 2025, we'll still be talking about it. That this year and this decade, this season of time, based on 1 John 1.4, is a season of perfect and complete lacking in nothing. We've, all the month of January, we talked about that. If you weren't here to hear those messages, you can always go online and download it. They're, they're free of charge. Download the messages or just listen to them. But we talked about vision for this year and for this decade and, 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 and what perfect and complete looks like and, and what living that life and being, being lacking nothing in your life. Not, not, a lot of times when people think of lack, they think in, in the monetary world only, but it's not just that, but it's in everything. Not lacking peace, not lacking joy, not lacking fulfillment, not lacking everything that God has for you. And, um, and, and you, you, have to, you have to be developing this maturity, this, this, this perfection, that word there, perfect, is not perfect without faults. It's, it's perfecting and developing into everything God has created you to be. And, and God has already completed us, and then we're learning to live in that place of, that place of completion. So I shared with you last week in our first message in our new series, What the World Needs Now. Um, I shared with you that throughout this year, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm doing series on truths that empower you to be perfect and complete. And this series on love is the number one message. There, there's not a greater message and understanding that we need in our lives than understanding the love of God, understanding that number one, God is love. And if God is love, then I need to understand and have a deeper and more intimate relationship with God and love himself. He, he is love personified. He is love. He's not, he's, he's not just a loving God. He is love itself. And that's why I have to have that. I have to live in that. And so this series we're doing this month is... Um, is to help empower you to become that person that is perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. You know, that, that's not just something I'm throwing out there. He said that. His word says that, that I can lack in nothing in my life. And there really is a place when, you're, when your faith and trust is in God, and your faith and trust in God empowers you to not doubt his promises even when it doesn't look like it that there, there is a place to where nothing moves you and nothing gets the best of you in life because you know that he has your back he's got he he he, he the bible says he is he leads us he goes before us he's at our right and our left he's got our back he, he's everywhere with us and if we're trusting him, there's not anything that can't be accomplished. And God wants you and I to believe that. 
But we have to know him. We have to believe in him. God is love, right? God is love. 1 John 4, 8 says that he who does not love doesn't know God. Well, okay. So where you're not loving, you don't know God in that area. I'll just say it again. Where you're not loving, where you're not loving, you don't know God in that area. So what does that mean? Okay, so let's develop it. Let's don't take it personal. Let's, let's admit to it and then let's develop that relationship with God in that way that I can walk in love, that I can live my life in love. <clears throat> I gave you this statement last week. I saw this on a social media post and, and I've just taken it. And I mean, it, it's, you know, if you've written this down, if you've been looking at this, this statement should evolve in your life. I mean, truly evolve. But it says this, how a person treats me, how someone else treats me is a reflection of them. How I react to how they treat me is a reflection of me. Wow. I mean, that is, I, I saw that probably a month ago, and I mean, it, I'm telling you, it, it, that statement is so profound. How someone else treats me is a reflection of them. What, what does that say to me? That says I don't have to take how somebody treats me personally. I don't have to be offended when someone treats me in a way that's not the way they should treat me, that the way that I think that I would treat them and they're treating me differently. I don't have to be offended at that. But what's actually worse is when I emotionally respond in the same negative way when I've had negative things brought to me. That's worse. Because that's a reflection of the condition of my heart. Well, if you're willing to admit to things like that, when you can take a statement like that and do something with it, well, okay, so you know, you're identifying where the areas in your heart need to change. Everybody needs to change. Everybody's sitting in here, if you don't know it yet, I'm telling you, you need to change, okay? The things in your life that you need to change. Okay, so let's change, right? Let's don't be afraid of change. So a couple of verses of Scripture that we read last week, I want to read them again, and then I have a couple of more today. Jesus said in John 13, 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you. So, we have to know how he's loved us, okay? And that's kind of what we're talking about today and throughout this whole series. This whole series, You have to understand how Jesus Christ has truly loved you. When you can understand that, then you can love one another. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men... Uh, all, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, there's something about this that I think is interesting, and I believe this is true, and you, you kind of, you, kind of um, you judge it for yourself. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe that Jesus is talking about the one another that he's talking about me and people that don't know God at all, that are not born again. I believe he's talking to Christian people. 
Now, this is before the cross, this statement, but everything Jesus did was for us today. I believe he was talking to Christian people that we have a reciprocating relationship, that we have love one for another. And realizing all the time that the way someone treats me is a reflection of them, but how I react is a reflection of me. It has to do with me. And if I keep that in mind, then I can have a reciprocating relationship and walking in love with someone even when they're doing things that I don't like. See, I don't have to be moved by that. And I really feel like that's what Jesus was saying. And if we don't do that, fruit will not be produced in your life. It, it, it won't be. And, and you know what? Here's something to really think about. Um, <clears throat> you're going to be living with me for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm going to be living with you for the rest of your life. We might as well work it out down here. I mean, I, I mean, listen. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, however we enter in, absence from the body is in the presence of the Lord. However we enter in, we're not going to enter in and go, uh, no, I don't want to be with them. No, I, I don't want to be in that group. No, I want this group. No. 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 We're living with each other forever. We might as well work it out down here. That's why you need to hear messages like this, and you need to listen to them over and over again. John 15. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If you, in other words, if you do what I say. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, Jesus' joy, may remain in you and me, his joy, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another, that you have this reciprocating relationship with one another. And I'll just tell you this. Don't, it, it, not loving the people that just love us and, 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 and that we love to be around, but Jesus said the real benefit is when you walk in love with people that maybe don't treat you so well. That's what he said. So I'll just say it like this. I don't think I'm, I'm rewriting what he said. This is my commandment that you love those that are hard to love. But if you love them the way I loved you, then you won't struggle. But that's why we got to talk about this because we got to understand how he loved us so we can love people and it not be a struggle. I mean, I didn't say it's easy. It's simple to do, but it's not easy. But you can do it if you understand how he loves you. Can you say amen? amen. Um, <clears throat> so what, 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 is, what, is, what is that love? Um, or what is the joy? He said that my joy would remain in you. Now this is, he, he makes this statement before the cross. Hebrews 12 said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross 
in joy for me, for you, for humanity. For all of our mistakes and everything else, he had joy and he endured and he overcame and he empowered us. So, his joy that endured the cross must become my joy to overcome everything that I face in life. Now, there's a scripture in Nehemiah that says this, and in light of what I'm saying to you today, I want you to embrace the truth of what I'm fixing to say to you right now. In Nehemiah, I think it's 8, it says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I've heard it preached, and I'm sure somewhere down the road I preached it this way, but I've heard it preached by different people that, you know, that my life and me doing right in my life brings joy to the Lord, and it does. But in light of what Jesus said about that I have his joy, and that joy has been tested and tried, that joy is empowering my joy, and that joy that's his joy, that's my joy, is my strength. Someone asked me to repeat that. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. Why? Because it's been tested and tried. For the joy that was set before him. I'll just say it like this. For the life of Burt Wimberley that was set before him, he endured the cross. Right? For the life of every one of you sitting in here and every human being on the planet and every human being that's ever lived or ever will live, he saw them. Somehow, I don't know, but that's what it says. And he endured the cross. And for me to overcome the difficulties of the situations with people that I face every day, that you face every day, people in situations, the only way to overcome those is with the power and the strength of the joy of Jesus that is empowering my joy. So now my joy isn't conditional. If you do everything right, then I can be happy. Mm -mm. My joy is, his joy is not conditional. He did it in spite of everything and he didn't deserve a lick of it. I'll just tell you right now, there's things that people do, do to you on a daily basis, you deserve it. He didn't deserve a thing. There's times I do something, somebody acts ugly to me, I deserved it. That's why I can't be moved by that or I'll be moved all the time every single day. Every time somebody does something that I don't like, I'm moved. But not when I have the joy of Jesus. And that joy is strengthening my joy. And man, the joy of the Lord is my empowerment to overcome everything that I face. Everybody just take a deep breath. Hold it, hold it, hold it. <sighs> I have a daily routine, and that's part of my daily routine, breathing in and out five times. And you know what? That's good, but it's not enough. <laughs> Because after those five breaths, the inhaling and exhaling, there's a day you still have to face. And if you're facing it without the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ empowering your life, 
I feel for you. I felt for myself many times when I was struggling to find any kind of joy or anything else. I mean, because you do, you struggle. I didn't say, I didn't say that it's easy, but it's simple. Everything in the word is simple. It's so simple, people bypass it. Well, it can't be that, it can't be just that. But then, but what's not easy is the dedication to develop it. I've got, I've got to live in that joy. I don't care what humanity does to me. I'm going to love them. I don't care. You cannot care what people think or say or do. You have to embrace it. That way we can live our life giving of ourselves like Jesus did for the good of humanity and not concerned how we're being treated. I read this verse last week and I want to read it again or at least part of it Romans 13 and 8 it says oh no one anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled all the law and then he reads the commandments and then he says this or some of the commandments Old Covenant commandments. And he said, and if there is any other commandment, all of them are summed up. Notice he didn't say done away with. Well, I'm committing adultery now because all that's done away with. I'm murdering people now because all that's done away. No, 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 they were fulfilled. All are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor As you love yourself. I've said this before. If you're not loving yourself, then your neighbor is suffering. And who's your neighbor? Not just somebody next door, them too, but it's anybody that you come in contact with. Those people are suffering if you don't love yourself. And to love yourself sounds almost selfish because people say, well, you know, I'm just going to do this and people may think I'm being selfish, but I'm just going to do it anyway because I'm going to love myself. That's not loving yourself. How do you love yourself? The way he loved you. How did he love you? He laid his life down for you, gave everything. And he did it with joy, not with, got to love this nasty, You want to keep that? Keep it. I ain't keeping it. No. Starting Wednesday, we're starting a series on prayer that I've never done before. And it's all coming out of the last three years of the transformation of my, per- my own personal prayer life and how that I pray for people. I've told you this. I'm not saying it in some prideful way. I'm just saying it because sometimes it's good to know you know, that somebody's actually praying for you. But if you're a part of this body in any way, shape, or form, you and all your family, I pray for you every single day, and I never miss. For me to miss is not to take serious what I do when I come and stand up here and preach the word. The Apostle Paul said to the church at Ephesus, I can't not pray for you. 
If I'm, in other words, if I'm going to deliver the truth like I'm giving to you today, you have to be prayed for because the enemy will come to steal what I'm telling you today, try to tell you this, give you circumstances, someone else will come along, you know, say something and, and, and dr- cause you to drift away from what I'm sharing with you today and get you not to believe this because what I'm delivering to you today will produce fruit in your life like you've never known in every area of your life. This is the number one key to living a life perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And it will cause and enhance your life in such a way that you'll have to pray for people. You'll have to lay your life down for the good of other people and pray for them. Because the Bible says, first of all, pray. First of all. First of all, pray. But prayer True prayer is connecting with God. It's it's doing it in a natural way that you're developing a desire to want to pray to get what it does is it gets you off yourself and over on to what's important to God. Not, Not that your life isn't important to God, but he's already got you covered. You don't need to worry about it. But the more you worry about it, he can't do anything for you. So it's a cycle, just a, it, it, it's a cycle that we go through and we've got to touch these different bases, but the key to it is knowing God who is love and then implementing that and walking it out. The last part of that verse in Romans 13 said, it's all summed up that you love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. In other words, love never harms anybody. You know, you know what I realized in, in my life as, as I got more in tune to what I'm talking to you about today? I don't have it perfected. This isn't some exhaustive study on, on the love of God. I'm just sharing things with you that have happened in my life. And as a pastor, I've made many mistakes as a pastor through the years, many mistakes. Because you just, you kind of learn along the way. You make mistakes with people. Maybe you don't do something exactly right. But, but if you can't admit to your mistakes and look at what you've been doing and how you, you conducted yourself, if you don't really look at yourself, then it's not going to affect other people in a positive way. And the things I'm sharing with you today are the result of things that I've seen in myself through the years. And as, as I've made this, I've realized that anything that I say out of my mouth that harms another person is not the love of God. And what I've realized is, I, I mean, even to this day, uh, the other day I was, I was out of town. I had to do some things for my father, and I was somewhere, and somebody made a comment about some other family member that as I was, as I was doing some things, and, and, uh, and I found myself agreeing with them in a negative way about this other family member. And, you know, don't repent for saying things like that in front of people that don't understand what you're doing. You know, don't, don't say, oh, my gosh. You know, don't get all involved in that. Just pull yourself away. It's between you and God. It's not about what other people think about what you're doing. It's between you and God. And I just, you know, I, I, I pulled away. And it wasn't so much that I had to repent. It's that I wanted to repent. God, I don't want anything to destroy the connection that I have with you. I don't want my mouth to be used to say anything about any human being on planet Earth. And I tell you, man, I've I've had to practice. I've been saved for 40 some odd years. And I've had to work at it because having, having, you know, quick, ugly things to say about people and talking negative to make myself feel better and those kind of things, I had to work those things out. 
And when I said that about the family member, you know, if somebody heard what I agreed with, they'd say, well, that's no big deal. It is to me. It is to me because what I'm working on, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I want fruit. I don't want to just talk about it. In 10 years from now, I don't want to just keep talking about something like that. I want to see the progression of it because of what I'm working on in my heart. Never say one thing. And you know what? What I've had to realize along this line and walking in love is that you take Eric right here. If Eric hears me say this and yet Eric doesn't believe that, you know what? Eric doesn't have to believe what I'm telling you. See, and if I'm waiting for Eric to to believe what I'm saying right now, and that's going to determine how I treat Eric, you could be waiting until hell freezes over. Because Eric may never get it. I'm just using him as an example. I believe Eric has it. But I'm using that as an example. But people don't have to get it. They don't. And if you're waiting for people to get it, you're waiting. I mean, you are, you are allowing your life to implode. You, it may not look like it in the natural realm, but it's imploding internally. And the natural, the, 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 the natural will always catch up with what's really going on on the inside. That's why we just have to change, you know. God's not after you. He's not coming to destroy you because you said something ugly about something. Now he just wants you to change it because he set it up that we have to believe in him and we have to do things the way he says that we need to do them and he can't step in and rescue you if you won't do what he says. That's why you've got to get this kind of stuff out. It's easier for me to just preach some watered-down message that you know everybody can say, oh, that's great, and move on. No, I need to leave you with something that's challenging your life. I'm telling you, these things challenge me every day. You have to. You, you don't get to a place where you never have, you're never tempted. The more you do this, the more things come at you. Love never harms anyone. Ever. Say that, ever. Ever. Love is about what you do, it's not about what others do. And I mean, man, you just have to settle that in your life. If people never get it, but, but one thing, you know, I, I don't even have that attitude like I'm looking at, well, they're never going to get it. No. You know why? Because if somebody treats me in a certain way, mo- more than likely, God's going to lead me to start praying for them every single day. And not praying some manipulating kind of prayer to change their life the way I think they should. No, just praying Ephesians 1 that the eyes of their understanding be opened up so that they can see clearly. That's it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that's what we have to pray. And when we pray that way, the Holy Spirit can get involved in what needs to happen in people's lives. You don't have to change people. God wants wants to be involved and he needs us because he set it up that way. Why? He gave authority in the earth to the sons of men. So it, it has to happen through us. But what has to happen through us is everything he tells us to do. He's the helper, but he is not the doer. Well, just waiting around for God to do it. Hell's getting cold again. Not going to happen. 
That's why, people, that's why people blame God for all kinds of things because they never want to get involved in doing their part. We have a part. We're equal partners with him. He set it up that way. I'm talking about with his anointing on the earth. We're not equal partners with his deity. We're equal partners with his anointing of the sons of men on the earth, men and women on the earth doing what God created us to do. We're equal partners with that. We have to do our part. He's the helper. We have to do our part by knowing what he wants us to do and then doing it the way he would do it if he was here. But he is here because he's in us. But if we just stray from that and try to be the helper and the doer, you're a horrible helper. But I'm telling you, if you're empowered by the helper, you're a great doer. Say, I'm a doer. Say it again, I'm a doer. Woo! I mean, I'm an effective doer. Man. Mm, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, as I'm a doer, blessings happen. I mean, because of him, right? I, you understand what I'm saying. Everywhere you and I go, what we do should, should release and implement the blessing of God on people's lives and what people do. But we can't be moved by what they do. Faith works by love. No love, no faith. So I just want to read these last two passages to you and just make a couple of points and I'm through. In Mark 15, verse 27. With him they also crucified two robbers. This is Jesus when he was on the cross. And one on his right and the other on his left. And so the scripture was fulfilled which says, And he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by, those who passed by him, wagging their heads. What a piece of work. I mean, just think about what they said about him. Yeah, I promised all this stuff. Said he could do all this. Preached all that word and said all those kind of things. Piece of work. And I'm sure a lot more than that. They passed by, they wagged their heads. You who said you destroy the temple and build it in three days. Come on, save yourself. You big savior. You so-called wonder man that can do all this work. We're clear. We are clear on this. In that moment, he could have come down from the cross, wiped them all out, and started over. But you know where he settled it? And this is what you and I have to do in our hearts. You know where he settled it? In the garden. His will and the Father's were a little off. Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not what I want, but what you want. Not what I want in the situations. You have to, you have to take that and break it down to our life today. We're, we're, we're not called to do what he did. We're called to take what he did and implement that in the lives of people. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, 
He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified, everybody reviled him. Everybody up to that point had forsaken him. Everybody had turned their back on him. He didn't utter one word. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know what? (laughs) You, You know how I can love myself today? Even in mistakes that I've made? I just didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I just didn't know what I was doing. But I've gotten smarter. Because I talked to him about it. And he showed me. And I forgive him myself. And now, if somebody does something to me, I mean, mean, if somebody says something ugly about you, somebody does something, they hurt you or whatever, don't lie to me that your emotions aren't going to get stirred up as a result of it. They, they will. They'll get up. You'll get upset about, you know, something will try to get worked up. But the more you do it, the less you will. The more you do the word, the less you will. But when you have a daily routine of God and his word and, and the word is speaking to you, then what do you do? You just start praying in the spirit. Father, I've heard this situation, but I know, I know, Father. They really don't know what they're doing in what they're saying. And if I did something, please show me, and I will repent. I'll go to the person, whatever you want me to do in this situation. And you really have to be open to those kind of things. Because you have to get to the place where nobody can hurt you. Nobody. And that way, listen, that way, that's not hiding in a corner somewhere in a closet and never getting out and getting around people. No, I'm talking about going around people more and more and more than you ever have before. I'll just tell you this. Your opportunities in life, your destiny is connected to you connecting to unlovely people. Your opportunities are there. Not in the relationships where you're playing it safe well we we're all in this group remember get to heaven uh god i was in that group over there uh, on earth can i go no no you're over here in the dung pile or whatever <laughs> whatever i mean we gotta laugh about it. we're gonna live together forever and i'm just telling you you know we got our differences whatever Our differences make us great. But we have to have this attitude that I'm talking about today. Or you'll you'll never, you will never go anywhere and you will not bear the fruit of God. You can make fruit be bore. You can make fruit come to pass that looks like fruit. But real fruit from God will only manifest when you have this attitude towards humanity. Only. Only. with Jesus love was greater than revenge which I said he chose that in the garden love was greater than revenge and and you and I on a daily basis we have to choose that self-centered people are never happy And how many people 
enjoy spending all day around somebody that's selfish? No, you, you, don't, you don't enjoy that. But I'll just tell you, God's made me, in a way, tolerate it. But I come to the place when I start praying for people like that, I, see, I start seeing the changes. And actually, the more I believe in what I say over someone else, I can't make someone make a choice. But I can pray that their eyes be opened up so that they can see clearly to make a correct choice. And you know what I'm believing? That humanity has enough about them because the laws of God are written on the inside of them. The faith that has been measured to every human being is already there. My faith and confidence is that people are going to choose life and God when their eyes get opened. The issue is that they're blinded, you know. The enemy has blinded the eyes of those that aren't believing. And you and I have to choose to live our life like that. Because it's not fun being around selfish people. And I'll just tell you this. It's not fun being around you when you're selfish. So, okay, whatever. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. Amen? So, I'm going to read this last verse, this last passage. Mark chapter 8. <clears throat> And verse 34, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever desires to save his life, protect his life, you'll lose it. But ever, whoever loses his life, watch, watch, for my sake and for the gospel's sake, will save his life. Somebody that will lose his life, in other words, put love and loving people first, not just everything that pertains to you, not just selfishly doing what you need to do but purposing to put God and his word first and loving people first and sacrificing for people first, then all the other things in your life you'll find. But you hold on and you stay selfish and you do things your way and it's, it's my way and you put your mouth on people and you're ugly and you keep that thing and you stay with it, you will lose your life. And I'm not just talking about ceasing to exist and leaving the planet. I'm talking about you'll lose everything in life the more you try to protect it. There's something that I see about Jesus today, this ending statement that I'm giving you. There's something, and I, and I, I wrote this down, and I want you to think about this. Um... Everything that Jesus did in his three and a half years of earthly ministry were, were the result of the preparation of his life for 30 years. He prepared and was empowered. When he was baptized in the River Jordan by John and he came up out of the water and the Spirit of God was on and this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased and he was empowered to start his earthly ministry. And Jesus spent all of his energy giving himself to other people, everything. He spent all of his life doing that. 
Now, I just want you to think about this. In a 24-hour period, in a 24-hour day that you have each and every day, if 90% of that day is spent on you, you're not going to have much of anything in the other 10% to give to people. And Jesus spent all of his energy and his time as an example to empower us that if we will put him and the gospel first, you'll get more done in the natural than you have any clue you could ever get done. Somebody asks you, somebody calls you on the phone and they, hey, could you help me with this? I'm not talking about every single thing. I'm just talking about situations where you're being challenged to lay down you and do something. So somebody calls you and said, you know, I've got to do this and, and I really needed some help and it may take a couple of hours. Well, but you know, I've got my schedule and my time and all this. All I'm saying to you is, the more you just pray about the things that you do in helping other people, the more you're tapping into Jesus and the gospel. You're tapping into his will and the gospel. When you do things for other people first, instead of living your life exhausting all your energy to take care of you. Jesus set it up that way. He's the helper. He knows what you need. I'm just saying, you and I can work it out in our lives to realize, you know what, God, I've been, I've been too selfish in this area. I've been thought too much about myself. That's between you and God, not someone else trying to tell you what you're doing. Someone comes along. Remember, this message is not for a friend of yours that think you, you're thinking they should have been here. This message is for you. This message is for me. As I'm preaching it, I'm convicted in a good way. Conviction is not a bad thing. It's not like some four-letter word. It's a great thing because it empowers you. I'm just saying, Jesus did all that on the cross to empower me to know how to lay my life down for other people and to do that first and not just be about myself. Okay, Pastor, I'll just quit my job and just do things that Jesus wants me to do. That's stupid. Nobody said that. Amen? If you're 90% of yourself and 10% about other people, if you could become 87% in the next six months, I promise you, Jesus would love it. He's not looking for, you know, this thing, oh, i got to lay all of my whole life down and do all. No, 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 don't change a thing you're doing except listening to him and then doing what he says. That's where you're profit. That's where you profit. I had to say that right there so you didn't walk away thinking, pastor told me to quit my job and go, go do nice things for people. I mean, you know what? Somewhere down the road, God may say that to you, but that's between you and God. That's not somebody telling you. I wouldn't do that. Actually, I'm doing more today than I, than I did five years ago in, in, in what I do. I'm doing more today, but I'm giving more than I ever have. I'm, I'm saying the more you give first, the more time you'll have to accomplish more than you ever dreamed you could accomplish. That's what I believe today. Just lift your hand towards me today. Just everybody just lift a hand towards me.
Father, I thank you for every person at the sound of my voice today. I, I believe, as Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, that each person in here has a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding are open and enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance as a child of God, and what the surpassing greatness of your power is to them as they believe this word today. What the surpassing greatness of your power is to them as they believe this today, as they process this, as they allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to them what they need to see and understand in this. And I believe it is life-changing and causing fulfillment and manifestation in their lives, longings that they've had all their life as they learn to walk in love in a greater way than they ever have. Today, I thank you, I bless you, I honor you, give you praise for it, Father. And I stand.